the healing impact of art is multidimensional and the ways that which it does is, is multifaceted. There is no one way that art impacts or heals a person. And we had a show. I served as a videographer for, again, in Philadelphia at the Urban Art Gallery, put together by none other than Blue Robin, pulling together four other artists, Albie Art, Jay Designs, Art by Chanel Clark, and Lindsay Vance. We had music from the PME Drumline, Ace Piano Keys, and Dapper 724. We had photographer Steven Taylor and Larry Wright. We also had fashion by Ubuntu Fine Art and the Dapper Renaissance, all together in a space that served as a collective, transformative experience. A playground for those who love symbology, who love shamanism, who are deeply spiritually inclined. I think you would have had a blast there just with your curiosity, asking questions and, and getting to know the pieces and spending time with them and, and just listening to yourself while you were there. Listen, I want to talk about the show and then share my own personal experiences as it relates and um, talk about that. You know, this show served as a massive point of reference for me in one of the most transformative times of my life, literally. Uh, so I want to get into this, this thing. Let's go. Welcome back to the Pain of Fools podcast. I am the Pain of Fool and this space is for you. Welcome to the bonfire. Welcome to the grounds of fertility. We're teachable here and we apply the lessons of our lives and we share those lessons. We share those gifts. We also have elders and we're not wandering lone wolves in these streets without any guidance. We apply the wisdom and guidance of the elders for a smooth and prosperous life for that is the only life the elders want for us. And if they do not, then they are not elders. If you are unaware of who I am and what I do, I am an artist. I teach art to children and adults, business owner of J Green Multimedia, which I serve as many different things. I'm a children's book illustrator, creator, and producer of the children's show called The Painted Fool's Paint House, in which I teach children how to paint, problem solve, and save the day. We have unique ability in the show, which we shake our canvas, bring the art to life to save the day, we astral travel, we shrink twice our size, we grow twice, we do a bunch of different things. Find the show on the Goddess Talk Network, streaming on Roku Player, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, and Comcast Big South, as well as YouTube. This space is all about the love and all about the good stuff. Be yourself and love yourself more each day. Mind your business, you know? All right, let's get into the show. I gotta say this first, though. And I say this, and I mean this with everything. <laughs> with everything in me, artists are needed more than ever right now. The times that we're in, they're pretty serious. Yes, they are. They're pretty serious. It's global. This is pretty global. And we need artists of all forms right now. The more artists that are courageous enough to, to share their messages and to offer their hearts to the world, the more they light the fire under other artists' asses. <laughs> You know, so it's a, a a big deal, you know, it's a big deal. But um, I think the play on that, and I, I shouldn't even use that term, the play on, because quite frankly, artists are modern day shamans. I mean, there's traditional shamans that have a much extensive practice and there's a whole experience that they undergo. But artists who have a, a particular charge do experience very similar things that shamans undergo. But this show genuinely, genuinely met that. I mean, 
it started for me knowing the importance of, of drumming and shamanism or just drumming as a community thing. Drumming has been known uh, spiritually to, to provide altered states of consciousness. Drumming is also used to provide a community rhythm. It's, it's something that keeps society in order. It brings community together through dance. It's healing, literally. Drumming can heal you. The, the movement, dancing, it can heal you. Typically, I've known different ritual practices to, to start with drumming. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's amazing to, to see that. But there was mixed media art. We had wood carving. We had art on fabric. We had three-dimensional. We had interactive pieces. We had the black light pieces. It was um it was sure to it was sure to invoke something. And this is what I love about art. Again, it's multidimensional and and multifaceted. And then we all have our own experiences and perspectives and it's just a constant constant changing. It's so epic. You could be staring at a piece of art and things come up come back to it another day, something else comes out of that leave another day, come back, something else. Again, multifaceted, and it's based upon you as well. It's a conversation that takes place that is um, often unspoken. Now, I observed each artist while I was there. You know, I'm very observant. Even as I'm working, I tend to observe. And although I wasn't as present there, <laughs> and I'll get into that later, as, as I would normally have been, I still took the time to observe them in relation to their assigned animal totems. And I noticed with Al, Albi Art, uh, he was given the owl totem. And it's funny, looking at him, you already see, you already see uh, wisdom in Elder. You see um, experience, knowledge. There is something to be offered and something highly respectable about Al. It also shows in his height. Um, there, is, there is an overall presence there that and it's also soothing too soothing there's there's something you know just just calm calming about him and i noticed his family was there there was an overall feeling associated with him that i noticed that i was like oh yeah there's something there's something familiar about you then i glanced over at chenille clark art by chenille now he was given the totem of the bison and the bison, I went to his page and the bison is typically known to, to be pretty resolute and they're the, or the totem with the bison deals with, uh, with success and, and hard work and take a look at his Instagram page. He works really hard. The messages within his art. They're, they're pretty strong and it reflects in the colors, it reflects in how abstract it all is. And if you, even if you examine him physically, if you look at him, it's like, oh, okay, there is, there is a, um, don't, don't play, don't, pl don't play. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just funny. It's funny to see. And I'm, I wonder, I'm like, Blue, did you assign each person a totem? Did you do this? And I'm like, if you did, you're pretty good at it. Like you were genius with it because I'm looking at each, each totem in relation to their, 
even down to their their physical their their physical presentation i'm like oh my goodness and also i must also include that each totem was associated with an element as well as a uh, platonic solid sacred geometry stuff okay Albi was the owl, which is the air element. And the air element deals with intellect. It also deals with wisdom. The owl itself has the ability to see things beneath the surface or typically in the dark. You know, owls, owls are nocturnal. Their, their senses are sharp. They do a lot of their work and they come alive in the dark. So they're known to, in a metaphorical sense, symbolic sense, they are symbolized as wisdom. Wisdom comes through transformation. Wisdom comes through um, more of the darker experiences of one's life. They have, they offer guidance through those experiences and they can see things that many cannot see. And it makes sense, you know, Al is an elder. This is what, this is what experience will give you. The grays of experience will give you wisdom. You've, you've traveled different paths and you've learned different lessons and you now have the experience but you have the wisdom you can see when someone is making a mistake or about to make a pitfall and you can provide them with that you know um and then we had chenille who was the earth element and if you again take a look at at his his instagram page he's creating all the time he puts in a lot of work a lot of time and energy and he's always posting work he's always working that's that's the earth. Resolute, he's he's focused. His head is his head is down. He's just stoic, doing the thing. And then we have Jay Designs, who was the poison dart frog, the water element. Now, when I was examining her, I immediately got something, something with motherhood. It was just instant. It was something just about cleansing and motherhood. And I got that first. I remember the poison dart frog through science class. I remember they were the one frog in the book that was just colorful and tiny and it was cute. And I learned that, well, we learned in our class that they were poisonous, highly toxic. You should not ever touch one. You touching a poison dart frog would indeed poison and potentially kill you. What I immediately thought of once I got the visual of a poison dart frog, it was about protection. I know all about this one. <laughs> this one just gave me, when I thought about just boundaries, it was, it was just boundaries. And there was a particular piece that she had, and I wish I had the name of it, but it was a visual of a woman who I presume was a self-portrait of her holding her hand out. And it was synonymous uh, to setting boundaries for, for self-preservation, but also in order to be well, in order to give of yourself effectively, in order to give of yourself lovingly, you must be, you must be right. You must set the boundaries for your own protection. And it gave me, it gave me that. And it only makes sense to me, you know, when I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, and I saw, and I even asked her about it at the end of the, the end of the night, because it stood out to me. And I'm like, oh, what does this mean? I'm like, oh, ironically, one of the phases and one of the stages that I'm in was just all about saying no. And 
just turning away from things and rejecting things without the fear of missing out or any of those things that would happen when I would say no to things I knew would just take take life from me. No, <laughs> you know, but of all frogs, why the poison dart frog? What is what is poison toxins, cleansing toxins, cleansing toxic energy, um, re renewal and purity. Usually within toxins or within venoms and poisons there, there is healing. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is definitely cleansing and a purifying, purifying animal totem. Makes a lot of sense. This is the totem that comes up when you need to cry. This is emotional cleansing. So yeah, um, that, that one, that particular totem, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> oh my goodness. You don't know how many times I pulled the frog when I did readings for myself. I'm like, yeah, definitely uh, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Before I even knew of the totems, before I knew who who each person was, because I wasn't, I didn't pay attention to who was associated or assigned each totem. I just wanted to go into this blind because I wanted to, I wanted to be as a spectator, new to it all, and then I wanted to gather anything that I got from that experience and then begin to create something with it. So I didn't know who who would be what. I didn't take the time. Now I I did see that I did see some of the um the totems but I'm like okay don't do any digging don't do anything else because you want to you want to feel this and see this and experience this as as a new person it was instant mother it was instant water it was instant just instant and I don't even know what that has to do with anything but I you know these are the things that I get like when I first even when I first met blue I was like oh he's a gentle soul like I just it was like oh, okay <laughs> okay cool you know that's exactly what it was um and then we had which is so funny she was the hummingbird you have Lindsay vance who who had her crew of people and they all like i i see her and her friends and they all like posing in front of the pictures they got all this personality and they're just like yeah you know <laughs> i'm like okay this makes sense this is the hummingbird this is that that joy that that fire you know just fun that that type of thing and and when you think of the hummingbird you know you have this the the hummingbird fly the wings go really really quickly and it can fly backwards frontwards top bottom it, it can fly in all different directions and it looks it's so tiny and it has this tiny little beak and its beak is so precise and it you know gets the nectar from the flower and it goes away and it comes back and it's it's just really flighty and, and light and is likened to joy and it's likened to, to being light and and um, just just here and there and everywhere. <laughs> you know, that that energy to me when I when I was observing her and her friends around, that's exactly what <laughs> what I got. It was just, hey, hey, you know, it was it was really cute. <laughs> It's also important to know, before I get into blue, uh, it's important to know that these, all these totems, they aren't exclusive to the artist. These are all pieces that we carry within ourselves. That's the beauty of this whole thing, you know, the, the animal medicine and, and all of these different symbols and these, these lessons, they aren't exclusive. Yeah, we have abilities to foster them within, our, within ourselves. So some of us could could build within our own bison, work on our own bison, 
we can work on our wolf. There's a point in our life, and I'll get to the wolf in a second, but I'll just get to this part and say that there comes a point in, in our lives where we must separate from the crowd and we must, we must go it alone. And then there are times we must form our own tribe and our own pack to a degree. And with the frog, we, we must know when to set those boundaries. And when the owl, we must know what's, what's coming. We must be, be careful. We must consult guidance and eldership, or we must go within and listen and dream and go into those, those spaces. There's, there's something there in, in every way. You know, but I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was the, the group of friends around her and her just taking pictures next to the art and, and posing and having fun and talking amongst her friends. I was like, okay, this is the hummingbird. Okay, <laughs> cool, fun. I just got fun from her. And also, please, this is not me creating narratives for anyone. I want to make this clear because I know I tend to observe people. I do share my own personal view. So this is not me creating narratives, even if sometimes if what I'm saying rings true to a degree, it's not even about that. Like, I'm not trying to psychoanalyze anyone or any of that because I notice that happens too much and it can almost feel imposing. Like, you don't know me. Like, who do you think you are? That's not what this is. That's 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 important that I share that because um, the more sensitive I've grown to people and just offering opinions or their perspectives on another on other people and their personalities and things like that, it can almost seem invasive. And I'm like, that's not who I am. <laughs> I just like to observe and I see things that just to me, it's just like, oh, okay. And then we have Blue, who was given the wolf, which was the ether element. Um, oh, wait, fire was was um, was Lindsay Vance. That's the element of fire for the hummingbird. And again, it only makes sense when you have a lot of personality and you're just having fun. That's that's the element of excitement, um, new ideas and just this heart centered passion to, to do a thing. Then, of course, we have Blue, who is the ether element and the wolf. And I'm like, wolf, huh? I'm like, Blue, you be alone. <laughs> you know, I'll be talking in my intro. We're not wandering lone wolves in these streets without any guidance. I know about the, the wolf, you know. And the wolf, they either travel in packs or they travel alone. Now, there is nothing wrong uh, with, with that. But I understand sometimes you must, you must travel alone. Even though you're not alone in your life and in your journey, that process of, of moving or walking on your own path will feel as though you're alone. But I understand that's not related to this. It might. It could be. But I do notice that some of the most heart-centered, heart-focused people those who have been down some of the most challenging paths are great at being alone. For many, that solitude. I love my solitude. You cannot ever pull me away from that. I must spend more time by myself than I need to be around people. And although I love people, I cannot spend a lot of time around them. That is just the nature of who I am. 
I'm sensitive. It is no secret. I talk about it. I don't deem myself an empath, but I am highly sensitive. I understand sometimes we must walk alone. I understand even when we, when society pushes us out or we are, we don't feel as though we, we jive or we're not connecting with the rest of culture. We're just not, you know, but that, that lonely or that lone wolf or just the wolf in general has a lot to offer as a totem. And for it to be associated with the ether element, which is the Amun or um, the dark matter, where you can create any and everything from the source of the source of, of everything, literally. Everyone has their own ether. And these elements not only are they, they I mean they're, they're so vast, they not only speak of the of how it shows up in the personality but the elements can also represent the creation process from literally from idea to to manifestation you pull your ideas from the ether that idea is fire you then direct it you with your emotions can you create something and bring it forward and literally manifest it it's it's just like that down, even down to childbirth, it's the exact same thing. And um, to, to see that, you know, it was just one part of the, the show that I'm like, oh, I like that, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, lo I love symbolism, I love all that. So this is up my alley. So as I'm there, and even though I wasn't present and just like all the way there, because I'm like in this haze, I'm like, okay, good, you know, someone's doing it, someone's doing it good. Someone is bringing symbolism to artwork and doing a good job. Cause I'm like, oh my God, I, I see people just be, just like co-opting all the stuff and just be trying to like, trying to give it a look and dress it up and present it. You know how everyone's doing the sage and everyone's popularizing everything and it's just completely empty. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. Even down to the, the symbols, everything makes sense. It's, you know what I mean? I'm like, thank God. That's the other part of me. I, I didn't tell you, but the other part of me was like, thank God someone isn't just full of it, just trying to play on something and make it something. I'm like, no, you're really about this work. Amazing. Then we have the platonic solids, which is very new to me. I know it deals with sacred geometry. There's a book I have called the, uh, what is it called? I have, let me look back at it. It's called The Ancient Secret of the flower of life by done something melchizedek i haven't even started the book yet but i was told to get it from a close friend of mine well i mean i did start it but none of the information i read from it i i retained and i remember seeing pieces of these these hedrons in the book or just speaking of different shapes so i did a brief googling because i i didn't want to present this as if i knew all of it but I do notice that each of these, these hedrons, you have the dodecahedron, you have the icosahedron, you have the hexahedron, the octahedron, and then you have the tetrahedron. All of these are associated with those corresponding elements of, of, each, of, of each artist and of each totem. And even with that was like, oh my God, yes. 
So you're not only are you blending and adding all this in the show, it, it also is making sense. But those people who are about that symbolic business can have a blast in there. So you provided different different things, more just you provide, of course, visual pieces and then you're providing symbolic information and we're giving people time to think. And I mean, if, if you really were the type like I am that type to walk in there, if I was a person, I mean, like a spectator, just the, in there, I'd be like, OK, what does this mean? So how do you relate this to that? And my questions would just start going. It would just start going. That's what I love about the shows. You have mental stimulation taking place, emotional stimulation going, you know, taking place. You have unconscious things happening. You have spiritual things taking place. And it's all in an environment that is peaceful. And it's this joy there. It's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's vibrant. It's, it's lively. I loved it. Each one of you did an excellent job showing up participating, just being there and just being authentic, showing pieces of your heart, uh, showing up in your authenticity. All of you did an amazing job. And it's just, it always makes me feel good to see other artists just be, be in their own. You know what I mean? Now I wanted to get into and get into the shaman for a hot second. And more specifically, shamanic initiation we've known shamans typically to be heart-centered healers they are serve they serve as intermediaries between the spiritual and the physical they usually just their work is devoted towards healing and recalibrating rebalancing um living from the heart their their gateway or their center is in the heart Shamans go through different, they have different disciplines and overall their work is spiritual. There are different rites of passages that shamans undergo to meet death in many forms. This is the death of old identities. This is the death of, of the of the world that they knew. Letting go of cultural influences, letting go of all types of influences to dedicate themselves to their to their soul's mission or their charge. I've seen or read of shamans in their initiatory practices burying themselves or getting buried for a certain number of hours or days even. I've read of shamans getting acquainted through plant medicine or just drinking or consuming a plant for days and days at a time to note how their body changes and how their body re responds to the herb and how their mind responds and how what they dream and what happens during this personal journey with a particular plant medicine. Studying animal medicine and animal totems and how the animals show up, the messages beyond that the animals teach. And then we have things like the hallucinogenics, ayahuasca, for instance. I'm sure many of you are familiar with ayahuasca. That's something pretty common in shamanic initiations or in healing circles. And then there are some 
shamans who are somewhat halfway in, halfway out, where they, some of them are younger, they may be hearing things, seeing things, uh, intuiting things, one minute and then can't another. Others who have experienced some pretty traumatic stuff that happened in their lives, or people who are, I mean, this could be through childhood or even later on, you know, they're older and then something traumatic happens and then they become someone else. This is all in when it comes to the shaman's awakening connected. Because when I, when I read the title shaman's awakening in my own life, I'm thinking to myself, okay, what does this mean? I am always asking, even when the root of love show, I'm like, what is this? What is this for? What am I? What are the messages here? I ask that in every place that I go. It's not just in art shows. It's in every every conversation that I have, uh, whether I'm meeting a politician, whether I'm meeting an artist, whether I'm meeting the, the bank teller. That's that's just what I do. It's just by default. He asked me to do the show starting in, in September. Three days before the show, a really good friend of mine passes. And when I tell you I wasn't the same person and I am not the same person that I was, I am not the same person that I was. I'm completely different. Three days before the show, he leaves this earth and I now have to function like, you know, through everyday life, get through things and focus on things. And here I am in a show I, I agreed to do. And as I'm there, I'm not mentally present. This whole time I'm there, I'm fighting back tears. This whole time I'm there, I'm still trying to examine and just and, and make the most of the art. And th I'm thinking in the future, like, how am I going to shoot this? And how am I going to do this? And how am I going to do that? But I did not realize how much of a point of reference this show would be for me in retrospect. Okay, so after the show is filmed, I'm home. I'm editing it. Things are coming to me. I'm still editing it. Send it off to Blue. He's like, cool, amazing, dope, bam, okay. Now is the time when I'm, I'm still doing so many other things. My life is still going. And I'm in this, not depressed, but my joy was not where it normally is. And I'm very sensitive to that. Like, I, I love joy. That's, that's my thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm always there. All right, so I think now I spoke just a bit about the show and I wanna just transfer over to a bit more about the journey of my heart personally and how this relates to blue shows and how it relates to the current state that I'm in, even down to grieving. Um, I'm thinking, hmm, yeah, I, I wanna start for like the past few years, but essentially it was just from an open heart to a closed heart in my youth all the way up until about the past few years and now we're back to an open heart again, you know? I want to start this from 2017 and just briefly share, just a, I mean briefly share a timeline of my life from then until now, just to give more perspective. Artistically as well. So 2017, and I, I mark this as the awareness of my psychological, of my well, 
my psychological awareness or the awareness of my own psychology. And I created a piece of work called The Fisherman to acknowledge that, that I would be from this point taking the time to now begin to examine myself at a psychological level. Because I know that a lot of us carry things that are unconscious and we have subconscious things that we do, unconscious things that we do, there's patterns that we have, we need to break. And I said, all right, this is going to mark my be the beginning for me to, to start the work. Beginning of 2018, same thing, but then I began to draw things up. And I marked that in the second Fisherman painting called Confrontation. Because I was beginning to become more comfortable with that a couple months later, more confident in myself with that. Uh, and then I was beginning to pick up creative work and more work doing other things. My confidence began to lift and I began to step into more, more fire, firework. So I created this artwork called the Chief of Staves, AKA the King of Wands for those familiar with tarot. And that spoke to the awareness of me being the cause of my causes, the awareness that I would step into creating my life the way that I like for it to be. Lo and behold, a couple months later, would I be illustrating children's books for the next couple, the next few years. So I was in a way, my art was my altars. And shout out to Ermina Rev Tutu for that, for telling me that and articulating that so well to me. She said, your art are your altars. You have to understand that. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even think of it like that. But yeah. Um, so I created that those pieces of work. Now we're talking 2019. I'm I'm still I'm working a lot. I'm doing a lot of children's books, and I'm just spending time, just entering into a new creative space space of my life, building my professional portfolio. Basically, okay. Now 2020 comes, and here is when the lessons begin. <laughs> uh, close to having burnout in the middle of the year, I launched the Painful's Fools Paint House because. I'm like, yo, I've, I've been too just stuck with everyone else and doing everyone else's work. And oh my gosh, I'm tired. Like, yo, what about me? And the resentment began to build. 2020, I began to grow resentful. Okay, here comes the end of 2020. And then we have the Root of Love show that I was asked to film for through, um, through Balaji. Shout out to... Balaji and everything goddess talk right now. What's up? <laughs> um, I met Blue for the first time at the Root of Love show. And I had asked myself the same question. What do I need to learn here? What do I need to know? Okay. 2020 would be as it was my my emotional, my, my probably one of my phases of anger building that would become the awareness of my emotional work. Around this time, it was it began to focus on a lot of hard work for me then. Because I'm like, yo, I cannot function like this, being annoyed with people whenever they, like, yo, and all these were mistakes I've made by just not having the boundaries. It just, it just, the boundaries were just too low and I wasn't saying no enough and everyone else was just, and I'm like, yo, this is no one else's fault. I can't be mad at anyone else, but I was. Here comes 2021. And then I burned out. June, I burned out. That's when I'm like, I'm cutting off all y'all MFs. All y'all are gone. Done. Every one of you who have not contributed to my life in any way, shape, or form, those of you who were just claiming I'm your friend, but you just, 
using me or wanting to use me for, for my work to get discounted services from me, not showing up for anything that I'm doing, not participating in any book launches with with my with authors and things like those of you who have not shown up for me at any way. I'm done. I'm done. I was just like, all y'all can can K my A, <laughs> you know, done. And then um, a couple months after my, like I deactivated my social media, I started ranting a little bit about reciprocity. I was angry, right? And then September comes, the show, three days before the show, then Assam passes. And then the heart work would begin, the heart surgery began. And there was so much that I had to sit in from the end of September all the way till now, I was suspended in and I was letting pass through me. Just, I had to feel any and everything. And it changed me to the degree of me starting yoga, uh, to move energy through me, to meditating every single day now, taking my emotional health so much more seriously. I haven't been on social media like that. If anyone have known, I've just been just posting here and there. But I was grieving, but also getting extremely close to my emotions. And I was getting rid of things as well. Emotional bag. I was pulling things out of my chest. I mean, literally massaging my chest, massaging my heart, um, doing different yoga positions, poses, opening up my chest. We're talking everything physically and emotionally that I could do, I started. And then we had the conversations. We had to have the painful conversations. We had to have the moments of confessions of things that were just being held inside. And we had to let all that out. We had to argue. We had to scream. We had to yell. We had to cry. We had to do all of that. We had to get it out. We had to forgive. We had to seek forgiveness. We had to do all of that good stuff. Like you think I'm going to be doing yoga and sitting in poses and trying to meditate my meditate my pain away. No, <laughs> that's that's part one. Part two is now we got to talk. And but just in these conversations, they some of them were heated, some of them weren't. But what I left with is, is just a different, a whole different way to manage my emotions, a whole different way to feel them when they come up. And when certain things come up now, I can sit with them and, huh. Oh, okay, you're here. All right, well, let's gently ebb you and push you to the side or let's carefully bring you up and fill my entire heart. The good emotions, the, the good things that come up as well because it's not all negative. And I, when I tell you I'm different, I'm completely different. The Shaman's Awakening show is a point of reference for me. Shamans always, their awakening starts in the heart space. Modern day shamans, traditional shamans, all of their work starts at the heart space. The average shaman is highly sensitive. Some would deem hypersensitive. And a lot of the challenges that many people would even deem, um, challenges for people like that like oh though they're they're the procrastinators they're the lazy ones they're this and that and the other it's not because of their their root chakra work it's not because of their solar plexus chakra or their sacral chakra it's imbalances no it starts for them for us it's the heart the heart is our root literally 
When our emotions, when our emotional centers are not in check, we are not in check. There is no focusing that can happen when our emotions are out of whack. And yeah, consuming certain things can affect that. Being around certain people, watching certain things, certain music, yeah, can affect our emotional spaces. You know, there are so many people around here walking around that that have broken hearts. Not not from partners, not from that. We're talking just from our upbringings and starting at home. Different things that take place, friendships ending. It, it could it's it's so many things. What did they say that that the, the leading cause of death in America is heart disease? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I wonder how many how many emotional imbalances there are that if we just spend time in our hearts, if we just spent time there, how much of our reactionary behavior would be reduced and we would take note, we will be able to allow the things that we've learned to enter that space. The things we know we should not be doing when receiving that that conviction, it wouldn't feel as as strange as it does when it when it falls through when your heart is clear. You can have grace with yourself and allow those things to ease into you. You won't need to fight and and go through all these battles, these internal battles and and all these these internal aggressive conquests are unnecessary when your heart is clear. So I spent time in the Sphinx position. I spent time with my chest open. I've made my own poses. I've sat with my chest wide open to the sky and I've said affirmations. I've spoken to my heart literally. I've affirmed healing over myself in different positions. I've sat and I've in the, the most strenuous poses and as that the stretching is hurting, I'm like, nah, this is this is that pain leaving my body. I'm speaking to my heart right now. Yeah, my this hurts. That is being stretched. Yeah, fine. But this is for something else to come in to correct the rest of me, you know? This is part of the work. You cannot show up whole as yourself if your emotional centers are out. You know what I mean? I know this when I kind of left. <laughs> I know it did. But this is important for you out there. You've received the different messages you've been told. You are some emotional revolutionary. You provide healing to others in some way. I promise you that you can buy all the root chakra crystals, all the crown chakra crystals, all of that. You won't even need to do that if you get your emotions in check. All you need to do is feel. You can go to therapists too. Therapists can give you exercises and teach you and give you the, the mental, the intellect and all of that. You must practice feeling your feelings when you have heartbreak or when your heart is heavy, when you have things in there. It's, it's the only way that you can live free is when you let go and you open your heart. That is the way of the fool. The fool literally has an open heart. Look at how wide his chest is on the, in the right away depiction on the card. His arms are back. His chest is out and open as he makes his leap into the unknown. And for so long, 
the person that's the person I used to be. <laughs> you know, that's the the pain of fool is named after that. You know, the my I'm an artist and I I'm the fool. I'm teachable in all things, but ultimately the fool lives with an open heart. The child lives with an open heart. You notice? It is the only way that you can live in joy. When you live with that open heart, you clear those things out. You won't care how you're perceived any longer. You won't care how or who stays with you or rejects you when you step into your authenticity. You won't care because you'll know that, hey, I'm functioning from a place that was so unhealthy. I'm no longer there. If anything that falls away is indicative of the person I used to be and I had no business being to live authentically and without any of those things in that space, the, the majority of that gunk being left out, you're different. You, your posture is different. I said this before. Your posture is different. You're slower to speak. You don't talk like that. <laughs> you're just like, okay, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. This is one of the main talismans that the shaman wears. It is the open heart. It's pretty dope. But since we are speaking in such in such a manner, and since the show was in such a manner, I just thought it was appropriate to share all that, you know. For those of you who are struggling with pain, who are struggling with loss, who are grieving, I think if you were to integrate exercises and practices that open up your chest and you feel your chest, if you lay and just feel your feelings and you let them pass, and you don't try to intellectually spar with, with water, let's let it go. Let it through you. And then create emotional management practices. Meditation, affirmations, yoga, whatever you need to do, writing, music, those things help you. And so that you can be of service to yourself and to others. But I love the show. Long story short, grief opened up my heart again. You know, that's pretty much what happened. An open heart is a shaman's heart. And the energy flow from, from the crown and then upward from, from the gut, all meeting the heart together, that's, that's when you, um, you've, you've made it. <laughs> it's not instant. It's not overnight. You are still a student. You are still learning. You are still changing. You're integrating at all times. But no, you've already begun your initiation. You've already had some things within you as it is. And now it's time to draw it out. So I, I don't question the things that happen in my life. These things are all synchronistic. And that's how I know I'm on the right path by things like this that happen. And um, it was pretty dope. I know that was a lot. But, um, you know, hey, it's my 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 testimony, you know, <laughs> Lindsay. But um, thank you all for for your support thus far. If you liked what you've heard and if you um, would like to further support me, follow me on Instagram at The Painful. You can find me on Twitter at Painful Pod. But um, again, thank you for your support and I'll be catching you later.
Until such time, peace. Peace.